I think it would be, and this is something that I'm still learning as we've just talked about with baby hairs and beauty, is don't be afraid to, to jump. As I've said, Ben, I believe that my career has been led by God. And I believe that God has equipped you with everything in you that you need to be successful wherever he places you, because that is the only way you are where, where you are in life is, um, due to, to God and his guidance. Um, so don't be afraid to jump into show up as your authentic self in any situation because you and your voice are needed yeah. in that place and space. So be great. Hey guys, it's Ariel from the Work and Play Podcast. If you're getting any value from this channel, and I mean anything from the tutorials to the podcast to the random videos that you see on this channel, then I just ask that you do one thing. Please subscribe. Subscribe and share this to anyone that you think this resonates with and drop a comment below so I know what other things that you want to see next. Now let's get back to the episode. Welcome to another edition of the Work and Play Podcast. Hey, hey guys. Hello, my love. Hey, honey. So today we have a special, special guest, Miss Whitney Jordan. So Whitney is my friend of um, two, three years now, and I met it you is. through a wonderful friend of mine, mm -hmm. so that means we have all love vibes. But Absolutely. Whitney is, from what I have seen outside of her professional persona, communication wizard, beauty queen, you guys will check her Instagram, <laughs> and just all around love her vibes. Like, she keeps me correct, even when I get a little, <laughs> a little comfortable, you know how I can be. So today we are going to get into a really great conversation about her career journey. Um, so without further ado, would you love to introduce yourself? Yes. So as Ari said, my name is Whitney Jordan and currently, um, can I say where I work? It's up to you. Um, yeah. So currently I work for IHG Hotels and Resorts as a internal and hotel communications manager. Um, I guess given a little bit of background on my career journey. So I'm originally from Miami, Florida, and I think like growing up, I, I always said that I wanted to be a, a kindergarten teacher. But the thing is now what's so funny, I don't want to say I don't like kids. I just don't see myself like I can't even see myself in that profession, which is so crazy. But I said that I wanted to be a kindergarten teacher all the way up until 11th grade. And what changed that for me is my parents moved to Huntsville, Alabama. I had been going to my school in Miami from pre-K up until ninth grade. They decided they wanted to move to Huntsville, Alabama, make a change for themselves. And it was a adjustment for me. Um, so I started going to this school in Huntsville and I was taking a broadcasting class where, you know, you kind of like do the news in the morning time. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. You went so, to a nice school. <laughs> <laughs> well, the crazy thing is, is I didn't stay there for long <laughs> because I hated it. And it wasn't that the school was bad. It was just a different experience because I was used to, like I said, I went to the school from pre-K to K. My brother and my sister graduated from this school. It's affiliated with my church. So I knew these people most of the time, like I spent at least six to seven days with the people like in my class or just throughout the school because we possibly went to school, um, to church together, to, mm -hmm. went to the same church or we, um, 
you know, had like extracurricular activities on Sunday as well. So it's possible that I probably spent at least six to seven days with the people in my class. Oh. Yeah, pretty crazy. So going to this school in Huntsville was just a change for me and it was hard for me to cope. But this class was a class that I look forward to. So it was my first time actually like recording the news. And after I did it, the class erupted in like applause. And the teacher said, Whitney, you have such a great newscaster voice. Have you ever considered being a news reporter? And from that day on, I was like, my face, it belongs on the tube, okay? As Martin says, the tizu. <laughs> I knew from that moment on that I wanted to be a news reporter. So I ended up going to school for broadcast journalism. And um, I don't think I actually really had a plan outside of like college. I knew that I would get like a internship at a news station and that would just begin my career mm -hmm. in journalism. Mm -hmm. um, I did get some internships in college. They were communication related, but not necessarily like journalism related. So my mom found this awesome um, Department of Transportation internship mm -hmm. um, here in Atlanta, where I interned with the FAA um, in public affairs. And I did that for two years while in college. But the thing that actually got my career going, and every time I tell this story, People, they, they really just don't believe me. <laughs> so it was junior year in college. Um, we were going to a professional convention. Um, our department had paid for the students, the journalism students to go. And it was an exciting time. Like I'm traveling with my best friend. We're going to a place. It was in Colorado. We have never been. And we get on the plane, we're on Southwest, you know how they don't have assigned seats. We get on this plane and I am, like all the seats are full. So I end up sitting next to a person and I'm just like, I really wanted to sit next to my best friend, but okay. <laughs> I end up sitting next to a man who literally, we talked from Nashville all the way to Colorado. And I remember he, him asking me like, well, what do you want to be um, once you get out of school? What's your career goals? And I told him straight up, I want to be the next Oprah Winfrey. Mm -hmm. That was it. I want to be the next Oprah Winfrey. And he just really indulged in the conversation and asked me more probing questions. And he was actually headed to the same convention. We exchanged information but it wasn't until like I actually graduated from college. I went to church one Saturday and saw him at church. Um, he was visiting the church and I ran up to him and he was like, of course I remember you. Um, I, we were friends on Facebook. I see that you're struggling to, you know, like find a job. What do you think about coming to Atlanta on Monday to start an internship with me? Doing what? Oh, so he was an editor of a <laughs> magazine. 
He was the editor of a magazine. It's all crazy. And I know that it was all orchestrated by God because anybody else on that plane could have sat next to him. Um, like I said, I was looking forward to one sitting next to my best friend. And because I wasn't sitting next to her, I was looking forward to playing my Nintendo DS the entire time. And at first when he started <laughs> talking to me, I was just like, I just want to play my game. Just leave you alone. But God would have it that that would actually get my career started. I saw him in church that Saturday. He um, he said, I saw that I see on Facebook that you're struggling to find a job. Um, what do you think about coming to Atlanta? And at that time, I was working a job at TJ Maxx just to, you know, like hold me over. Mm -hmm. And I was like. Yeah, of course I can. I have nothing holding me here in Alabama. My parents had actually just moved to um, Houston, Texas. Okay. Um, so I was there basically just doing nothing. So I said yes. But then as like Sunday came, I was like, wait, can I really do this? Do I really want to go to Atlanta? Like, I'm afraid. I, I'm not sure. I even called him because I was driving a little like raggedy car at the time. And I even called him and was like, I mean, my transportation is not the best. <laughs> and was giving excuses as to why I could not make it mm -hmm. to Atlanta, Georgia. What did he say? Um, he said, Atlanta has great public transportation. <laughs> Atlanta has great public transportation. The Marta, you can you can um, basically live anywhere and get on the Marta and get to work, but no one can like pick you up and take you to work. So make it work, basically. Mm -hmm. And I came with my little bro town car and the internship was only supposed to be three months. Only supposed to be three months. I came as like December rolled around. I was like, oh, it's coming to an end. This is so sad. Thank God for the experience. I had written for the magazine. It's called the Southern Tidings. And it is um, a magazine that the Southern Union Conference of Seventh-day Adventists um, pushes out to the church constituency who live in the Southern region. Mm -hmm. And I had probably two cover stories in that time writing for the magazine, was grateful for the opportunity, did not know where I was going to go next, probably go back home um, in that time. First of all, it was a paid internship. In that time, I was able to purchase a new car and I'm telling my dad like, yeah, well, the internship is coming to an end. Um, my dad, at the time I had to be, what, 22, turning 23. My dad is like, do you want me to call up there and tell them how you need this job, how you need a job? And I was like, no, dad, I'm an adult. That is not necessary. Um, when December rolls around, I had, they had taken me on like a last day lunch, said my goodbyes. My, who's now my mentor, he came to me and said, oh, we've extended the internship. I ended up being at this internship for over a year. Nice. Over a year. And this was all due to that connection that happened in my junior year of college and finally when it got to the year mark it got extended I think another three months mm -hmm. and he my mentor was like yeah it's probably not going to get extended again but as God would have it 
a job was lined up with one of the local conferences where I was able just to transition over into that position. The president of that conference, I remember it clear as day, called me on a Friday because we didn't work on Fridays, called me on a Friday and said, um, I was at, I was getting my oil changed and was like, oh, um, hey, you know, like, are you, are you interested in coming to work for us? We have, you know, we need some assistance in the communication department. Um, is this something that you would be interested in? And I'm literally in the lobby of Nissan, like jumping up and down, like, yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I didn't know what I was going to do. Thank you, Lord. Um, and I accepted that position. Um, working as a communication assistant for the Seventh-day Adventist Church. To be honest, I never imagined this career path. I never imagined working for the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Like I said, up until 11th grade, I wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. And getting introduced into journalism, I knew that I wanted to be a news reporter. And I have, I have interned at a news station, but I have never worked in like journalism. I've never officially been a news reporter. <laughs> yet. Um, not yet. <laughs> but um, I totally credit that interaction and I know that it was only God um, who placed me on that plane, placed me next to Mr. Norman and allowed that interaction to get my career started. Mm. So I worked for the Seventh Day Adventist Church um, as a communication assistant for five years. I never, honestly, I thought that was gonna be my forever job. One, because <laughs> um, I didn't know where to go next. And two, I love the fact that we had Fridays off. <laughs> Stupid, but. That, at, that, at that age, look, that's a selling point. You yes, know what I mean? I just love the fact that we had Fridays off and I was like, this, this is the life. This is the life that I want to Absolutely. live. And um, one of my friends who had worked at the conference with me, he got a job with um, Advent Health in their residency program. He saw a job posted for a internal communications manager at one of the hospitals within that health system mm -hmm. in Tampa. I had never really heard of internal communications. I mean, I guess now that I'm looking back at it, I knew what I was doing in my current role with the conference was internal communications. I just didn't know that it had an actual title to it. Mm. So me being a communication assistant, him sending me this job description and being like, this sounds like exactly what you do. But just because it had like the word, the title manager in it, I'm like, nah. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't a manager. <laughs> I, I have never worked in healthcare. I don't know anything about healthcare. This is, mm -mm, this is not me. He's just like, go ahead and apply. I applied reluctantly and I got the job and I moved to Tampa. And to work in healthcare. To work in healthcare. So at this place in your life, you started off with this desire to become Oprah. Mm -hmm. You met a guy on the plane mm -hmm. and he miraculously works for a magazine. Mm -hmm. 
he makes he sets you up for a probably what was supposed to be two to three month interview uh, internship to mm-hmm. that turn into an, a full year. And you ended up working for Seven Day Adventist um, for five years, mm-hmm. working as an internal um, communication specialist, I would say, if even if it didn't even want to get talent. Yeah, yeah. Then you go into healthcare. So at this point in your life, you have gone to at least three different industries mm-hmm. and you've been able to um, really shape those like communication skills. So mm-hmm. if we jump forward just a little bit, because mm-hmm. I definitely want to get into the story a little bit more. Mm-hmm. At a high level, what would you say you do now? Like, What is your title outside of like IHG? But like, what's your sauce? Um, I would say I'm a communications wizard. Um, I like to say um, I'm a storyteller um, because a lot of what I do, um, well, not so much in my current position, but a lot of what I did in um, in healthcare was tell internal stories. So a communication wizard, storyteller. I think those are accurate things. Yeah, yeah. Every time I hear, so one thing about um, marketing, Mm -hmm. and especially now in the social media age, as Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs are trying to do better on their social media, storytelling is like a huge thing. Mm -hmm. So how do you do that from a global perspective? Because you now work at a company. um, So how do you do that from a global perspective? Um, And we have had this conversation. I think a lot of what I do depends on my relationships with other people. Um, because as I mentioned, I worked in healthcare. I'm, I'm not a doctor, though I like to think with the amount of years that I've worked in healthcare, I'm a, uh, a doctor, if we can say that, and the amount of times I've communicated um, <laughs> doctor stories and terminology things. So I'm a doctor, if you say. Um, I, it's based on my relationships with people. This is my first time working in hospitality. I honestly have no clue. I don't know anything about the hospitality industry. And of course that will come over time, Mm -hmm. but it's the relationships that I have built with my stakeholders who are the subject matter experts in these areas. Um, They have to tell me what needs to be communicated. Mm -hmm. So most of the time they are giving me the information that I need, but in order to get to that point, they have to be comfortable with me and have the, what is it? I guess the rapport with me to trust me that I know what I'm doing as a communications manager. Mm. And um, that comes with time, like I said, and it comes with my relationship building skills. I actually remember mentioning that to my, my new boss, like in our interview, like he asked me, what has made you successful in each of your roles? And I think it's definitely my ability to build relationships with my stakeholders. Mm. So as of right now, even though you're, um, you might have started in a place where you had no rapport with your team, mm-hmm. you now utilize their, their, their knowledge, knowledge base mm-hmm. um, in the hospitality industry to tell you, okay, what's the customer experience here? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So what kind of, and that, so I went to the customer experience because that's the first thing that I can connect with. Mm-hmm. So what type of stories do you get from your stakeholders and how does that build up to this grand story that you create? Um, so it's a little different working in hospitality. Um, so I have two main stakeholder groups that I work with, loyalty and global sales. So I'm not necessarily telling stories 
um, per se, but I'm communicating to internal colleagues and to hotels at the local level, things that they need to know in regards to um, loyalty offers that are going out into market or um, things that are happening within global sales that um, our hotel staff need to be informed mm -hmm. of. Mm -hmm. So not storytelling per se, but just because I, like I said, I don't have any kind of background in the hospitality industry. I don't know anything really about like sales or I've been on the end of like loyalty offers, but I didn't know really what, how hotels make mm. money off of loyalty offers and promotions that are out in market. So just taking the time to one, not be afraid to ask the questions like, I'm sorry, um, you use this particular acronym. There are a lot of acronyms. I'm not familiar with this. Could you give me a little background on it? And I think most of the time people appreciate that. Like, I am not uh, a know-it-all and I don't think that's the expectation, mm -hmm. but um, it is actually setting up some time, even if like I have to go back, hey, can we circle back about uh, about this particular thing? It was mentioned in this meeting and I put some time on your calendar so you can teach me about X, Y, and Z. They know that I don't come from a hospitality background. So I think it's things like that that also help build relationships with my clients. That's pretty cool. I think you have now this like air about you where you're comfortable and you're explaining this so well, like you're comfortable <laughs> with asking questions and and not feeling like you're you have to be the smartest person in the room. And um, and so what is today? Today's the 19th on the 22nd. It will be three months. And often people ask me at work like well how how are you feeling you know you're at the month mark you're at the two month mark and honestly my answer has been like yes i'm at the two month mark but it still feels like my first week everything feels still very brand new and i know it's like the pressure that i put on myself mm -hmm. um i just want to know everything already mm -hmm. and that's exactly what i say like i know <laughs> that this is this is going to take time yeah but i just want to know everything already i don't want to have to continually like be the person to raise her hand and ask questions um but i've talked to people who have been there for five years 14 years and they say that they are still learning things yes. so that gives me some assurance that um everybody starts from somewhere and that it's a continuous journey absolutely so i just have to be stop being so hard on myself and you know i struggle with like perfection um so from my heart to <laughs> yours you know i feel so, it it literally like gives me it had been giving me anxiety like well here goes another day where i am not like where I don't feel fully comfortable in my position yet because mm -hmm. I don't know everything. Um, but one of my friends, she just started working at IHG as well. And it gives me comfort, like when she asks questions about things that I'm able to answer those questions for her and be that source of knowledge. Yes. And I'm like, ooh, 
I actually do know a little something something. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So one of the things when, when I would when I was first in corporate, you feel like you don't know anything. But mm-hmm. once you start teaching people what yep. you know, and this is in life, once yep. you start to teach people what you know, you're like, oh, I actually do know this because teaching yep. is a part of the learning experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a never ending story. And I am grateful. Like I have one of my team mates. She joins maybe two or three weeks after I did. And we'll ask each other questions. But like I'm very appreciative when she asked me a question and I feel really good inside when I'm able to direct her in the right direction even if I don't have the exact answer I'm like well I'm not sure but this is who you should reach out to yes so it's a journey I'm still on it um it all is one one thing that I wanted to go back to mm-hmm. so we're talking endless endless life experiences give mm-hmm. us endless life lessons right okay and ooh, that might actually be like a put that in quotes, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but when we go back to you leaving Huntsville mm-hmm. to take a chance on this magazine job that you had no necessarily confidence in at the time, mm-hmm. to thinking from that point to the day that the president offers you a next role, I would imagine your confidence looked way different from point A to point B. I think in I say yes and no. Mm. Because honestly, I feel like with every transition in my career, um, I suffer from like serious imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And um, was I was definitely grateful for the opportunity. And I knew that I had the experience, but it was still something new to me. Yes. I knew that I had the experience necessary for the position, mm-hmm. but I still in the beginning didn't feel comfortable or didn't think I belonged, especially in that role, because most of the people who work at the conference, they are older and they have worked for the church for a most of their life. Mm-hmm. And here I am a baby like I could be their child or their actually their grandchild. And to be in such a situation in a room with older people and making decisions on communication, um, it took a while to get adjusted to. And I feel like that happened in my next job, too, because healthcare was new to me mm-hmm. and I had never been a manager before. And though I didn't, I wasn't a people manager, just having the title <laughs> manager, I just knew there was a level, a certain expectation of me. And I, I was the subject matter expert for internal communications for a hospital with over 3000 employees. Yeah. And Working at the conference, maybe I guess there was probably 300 employees, including like all of our pastors. I don't even know if it's it was probably less than that. I think every transition I've made in my career, I haven't necessarily felt like comfortable or confident in it in the in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I continue to remind myself that I know all of the positions that I've held, and every like career move I've made has been God led. And I have to remind myself that I belong here. Mm -hmm. I was placed in these rooms. I have watched this. It's probably like a five or six minute clip on YouTube with Michelle Obama. I don't know if you've seen it talking about imposter syndrome. But basically, she says in the video, like, no one is going to give you Mm self-confidence. Like, you need that for yourself. You need to give that to yourself. Mm -hmm. And you are placed in these rooms 
for your voice to be heard. And if you're expecting to make a change, the only way that change is going to happen is if you speak up. And if you know that you are you're there for a reason and like what you have to say is important. So I constantly remind myself I feel like an idiot in the morning, like talking to myself in the mirror. I have to remind myself to be like gentle and, and kind and loving to myself in my thoughts and, and what I say to myself. Yeah. But I constantly remind myself like Whitney, like God has placed you here for a reason. You have something that they need. So show up as your authentic self every day and give the people what they want. Give the people what they <laughs> give want. Give the people what they which want. Which is you. <laughs> yes, which is, that's why when I'm hearing your story and you being courageous enough to ask a question, that to me says that you're acting on those internal affirmations. Yes, it's a struggle. And even if I have to like go back after a meeting, like I said, and like put some time on the calendar, hey, could you explain this to me? And <laughs> I am good for using the I'm new mm-hmm. for a very long time. So I will be riding off the I'm new here. I'm new to the industry. It, could you take some time to explain X, Y and Z to me? So, and I am one of the the people, I don't know if this happens to everybody, but this has only happened one time in my career. And it wasn't until like I actually moved to Atlanta and I was talking to Courtney. I had a job that I absolutely hated, but because it was such a big move for me and I was continually told like, I'm so proud of you. You're making such great career moves. You're doing such good things. I hated the job. I was struggling mentally and it was wearing on me physically, but I wouldn't tell anybody. Mm. I wouldn't tell a soul how much I hated the job. I think about that now and I I talk about it with like my peers now and it's like everybody has kind of like had one of those jobs Mm -hmm. where they early on in their career that they just really didn't like. What was your relationship like with your manager, your coworkers when you look back at that one job where you were unhappy, even if we didn't know as your like your love circle, what how what was your relationship like at work? I got along with everybody, but I just didn't like them. Because my manager knew and I ended up getting let go from the job, but it wasn't like performance based. Mm -hmm. Um, I was not put on a PIB. It was like what they told me it was based on finances. I never had any kind of like bad remarks in in regards to my performance or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had a great relationship with my manager. I just didn't like them. You just didn't like the people. What about how did you feel about the work? Oh, I loved what I did. Okay, so you love what you did. It was the it was the people weren't like your favorite. Mm-mm. Or probably on the opposite side. You know, I'm trying to stay optimistic. Good. And Be politically correct about it. <laughs> Be politically correct. Yeah. And then what about your like the type of like so that you like the type of work that you did? And then I loved it. It was a different experience. Mm. In this role, I got to like plan events. Mm. Um, I I just love being around people, and I know it's. It's weird because I say like I'm an introvert. Well, I guess the appropriate term is ambivert, but 
I got to interact with like employees, plan events um, to boost, you know, employee morale and things like that. I, I honestly, I loved the work. Um, just my team was not the best. Mm, so then let's explore that. What type of team do you like to work with? Like, when do you feel revived? When do you feel like that your team is pouring into you? Um, so looking back, I can tell that I didn't like it. Um, one, we worked in silos. I am a firm believer. Teamwork makes the dream work. Mm -hmm. And I think I experienced that most in my last job. Where and I don't know if it was just like the setting that we worked in because that was like the first setting where it was open and like I could literally like reach across, touch the person next to me, turn around, talk to the person behind me. Mm -hmm. Um, in any of my other my, my previous jobs, I had an office or a cubicle where you know blocked off from the world, yeah. And um, the job before that, I was the only person in internal communications, so I felt like I was on a island Got it. by myself. Mm -hmm. So when I switched to my next job, I knew that I was looking to be a part of a team Yeah, and really like collaborate mm -hmm. with um, others. Mm -hmm. So definitely a team that is, you know, like open to collaboration and we are working together to help reach each other's individual goals, but also company goals. Got it. Okay. See, when you look at it at face value, it's not mm -hmm. as the first thing that I thought of. Okay, well, what did somebody office drama? <laughs> it was wasn't. It? <laughs> there was no office drama. Everybody was just so like plugged into what they were working on mm -hmm. that they didn't notice like anything else. Mm -hmm. And I felt like. I was on this island by myself and I had to struggle by myself and nobody noticed yeah. out there. And I can say to you that I, I didn't wave a white flag. I never asked for additional help or mm -hmm. said that I, you know, was struggling. So that also told me, um, taught me to, you know, like, what is what is the saying like a closed mouth doesn't get fed exactly and yeah. the what is it the the squeaky wheel makes Gets the oil. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that particular position taught me that it changed my life. Like I said, nobody, I don't even think I have told like my mom how much I hated that job and how much like I struggled mm -hmm. there like mentally. Yeah. When we think, when we think about the trauma that it gave you at the time, the way we remember it, even the language that we use right now, I like hated mm -hmm. the job, like mm -hmm. I didn't like those people. But when you dig into it, it's really knowing and being aware that the environment wasn't set up for your success. True. And then also your awareness of like waving the the red flag, the white flag, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I feel like what you just pointed out is definitely something that we can all attest to being in an environment that's like not, not suited for yeah. yeah, and not even mm -hmm. knowing what's wrong, but we just like I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. And the crazy thing is that I've also shared with my friends mm. is that had I not gotten let go. I would have stayed. Yeah, that was the blessing. I would have stayed, like yeah. even struggling mentally, I would have stayed. Yeah. Only because 
in my friend group, like among my family, I just got so much praise. Oh my gosh, you're doing so well in your Mm -hmm. career. We're so proud of you. Mm -hmm. This is what you're supposed to be doing. I didn't want to speak up and say, I actually hate this job. I am feeling sick Mm -hmm. every day. Like I cry before going to work. I have anxiety about the job. And even though I told you, like, I felt like I was drowning in work, to combat that, it was just like, oh, I'll go in instead of going in at eight, I'll go in at seven, seven mm-hmm. and then it's got to 630 mm-hmm. and I'll stay until six because it's my work. I need to get it done. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just yeah. was not set up um, for my success. And mm-hmm. I'm grateful. I also believe it was God that they Absolutely. let me go. Mm-hmm. And I I'm actually grateful for the experience and the lessons that I learned. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I always say if we don't make the decision that God says we should probably make, Mm -hmm. he's going to make it for us. And sometimes it's not always right. Because yours ended up being like a a positive move. But sometimes he's like, you know what? Let me give you some more trauma real quick. And I was so hurt because I feel like I poured so much into like doing my job and Mm -hmm. doing it well and Mm -hmm. giving so much of myself Mm -hmm. in this role. How dare they let me go? Even though I hated it. How dare they let me go? Even though I was struggling. And I remember like sitting in the parking lot crying and I got, you know, what do they call it when you leave and you get the the pink slip or the uh, like the severance package? The severance Mm -hmm. package. I got a good severance package. Um, They were going to help me find another role within Mm -hmm. the health system. Okay, Like it was set up really good, but I was still angry that after giving so much of myself, that they let me go. And I believe that I was probably the hardest working person on that team. Mm, but when we think about it, though, you probably weren't showing up as your full 100 percent self because you were still learning who that was. Oh, I think yeah. I think like even though see what what I feel like happens when we go into corporate America is like we think we have to be something to succeed mm-hmm. when we realize we only have to be our best self in order to succeed at whatever we do, whether True. that's corporate or entrepreneurship. Um, and the reason I asked what your relationship with your manager was at the time is because I think good ma- I think there is a difference between good managers and bad managers. Oh, mm-hmm. Good managers can see a person for who they are and help them navigate in the role or out of the role or up the, up the ladder. Mm-hmm. Because you've identified what this person is good at, where, they, where they're not shining. There's a whole person and there's an array of personality that the person could possibly show. Mm-hmm. And since we know that you were in a place where you were kind of like, um, I would say you're, you were stifled, your personality was stifled. As a manager, I'd want to tap you and say, hey, you know, and maybe not even in a direct way, but try to see what other things I can get out of you. Mm. But you also explained that the role was so siloed that maybe he didn't even have, or she didn't have like those emotional intelligent skills to tap you on the shoulder and navigate oh. you in the right direction. I believe so. And I think, that I mean I don't think she was just that way with me I just think that's who she is as a a manager Mm -hmm. and oddly enough I don't even remember us having like a 90 day like check-in or you know like annual reviews I don't remember us having those conversations and I can't even say that I would have spoke up in those conversations to Mm -hmm. say that this job wasn't meeting my needs um, in my career and mm-hmm. what I needed to feel supported in 
feel like I was succeeding. Mm-hmm. So all good lessons and gems that you learn and you can look back and see like, mm, okay, I took this away from that position. Mm-hmm. Thank you, God. It wasn't all that bad. The people, y'all, the people weren't like demons or anything. They were not. <laughs> yeah, I think we can kind of hear that it was a situation where no, no, it doesn't sound like anybody had very much awareness, at, mm-hmm. at least not the people in control. They were all nice. We would speak. We would have outings. I was actually going through my phone and I saw a picture of us um, after one of our like events and we had a team outing and it was great memories but everybody was just in their own world Mm -hmm. and like I said it's just like nobody could see that I was drowning Mm -hmm. and it just gives like a negative overlook to the job and the position in a whole absolutely I think when when we go back and reflect on it we'll feel the growth happens now that we've tilled the soil we're gonna go back and look at that situation (laughs) again So God pushed you, right? Mm-hmm. And he pushed you onto something next. Mm-hmm. What was that something next? And what do you feel like he was pushing you towards in the next chapter? Um, so I actually went on to a, still worked in the same health system. I went over to the corporate office for the medical group. And it's funny looking back on it now, I'm saying like, I wanted to be a part of a team where we collaborated, but I don't think I knew that that's what I desired Mm -hmm. or that was the issue that I was actually having Mm -hmm. um, in that role. I moved over to a job where they were quite upfront, like you are going to be solo. Like Mm -hmm. this is this is it right now. You're going to be the only person. They said that you would sit with the marketing team. But yeah, don't even get used to them because they're not going to be in this building for a long time. Mm. And I thought to myself, I need this job. Like, yes, I have severance, but I need something after that. So I have to take this because this is the only thing that's being offered to me in the time. Um, And thank God for like older, like friends and mentors, family members who, you know, kind of like educate you because I remember telling one of my friends turned family about the position. And I was like, well, if I take it, I have to at least be there for a certain amount of time. And they're like, where'd you get that from? (laughs) Like, who told you that? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't want to just take a job and be gone three weeks, three months later. Why? People do it all the time. All the time. All the time. And he was like, straight up, Whitney, these jobs, as you can see, you just got let go. Mm These jobs have no loyalty to you and you have no loyalty to them. So do what is best for you. Take this job. In the meantime, you know you want to get back to Atlanta. Um, Continue looking for opportunities in Atlanta. Continue applying. And as God would have it, I think I was there like maybe just a little bit shy of two years. Hmm. Um, But there were also things that I needed to get out of that job, that position, the people that I met Mm -hmm. um, that before I found another position in Atlanta. And at that point, when I was interviewing with people, I knew that I wanted to be a part of a team. I knew that I wanted to collaborate with others. Yeah. Um, So I stayed there, like I said, just about 
two years, a little, probably like a couple of weeks shy of two years. And that just took long enough for, for the light bulb to come on and say, now I know what I want. Not only do I know what I want, but I gained other experiences mm. being like the solo person. I think that is where I really started like asking people for help. Okay. Um, and reaching out to people when I didn't know like what I was supposed supposed to be talking about um this particular um medical group was going through a lot of changes a lot of new systems were being introduced and they, they were all new to me i'm not in like revenue management or anything like that and they were implementing these new systems where i honestly had to be like knocking on people's door finding out about different systems and the benefits and why this means something to doctors and nurses in our offices mm -hmm. um so that's where i gained those skills because i wouldn't have known what to to communicate and if i didn't do that i would have definitely sank and probably been let go mm. well the good thing is that you did know how to use your voice and you started to use your vo using your voice in that space so um where so is your was your next job in atlanta where i met you at, at Piedmont? yes okay yes yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was my next job and like i said i remember having that interview with my boss um, at Piedmont and telling her like my desire is to be a part of a team mm -hmm. and it was there that I met Courtney and I was not only like there was an internal communications team and there was a internal communications strategist who like we worked hand in hand for the same clients so we were very close and we collaborated on all of the things for our clients. And that was what I needed at the moment. But I also knew that I didn't want to be always in healthcare. Mm. You know what? What I love about this is that, well, you know, this is a work and play podcast. Mm -hmm. And Courtney and I met at work mm -hmm. and that friendship blossomed. And then I met you through Courtney um, and you guys met, met at work, work. right? <laughs> so I kind of want to get into, there's this nuance of like, um, or motif rather, mm -hmm. of like relationships in your mm -hmm. journey. Mm -hmm. And I know you met Courtney at, um, at work. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, like what is, do you have ever a strategy now that you spent that one that one stint in a really siloed experience. Do you do that initially to create relationships, or is that was that a one-time thing for you? Um, I don't want this to sound like big-headed or anything. I actually just finished telling my best friend not to probably a couple of weeks ago. People just like me and yes. gravitate toward me, so it's not anything that I had to do like differently. Mm -hmm. um, people just come toward me <laughs> and I remember Courtney and I actually started at Piedmont on the same day we were in orientation together and she worked in on the marketing side of the, the office and I worked on the comms PR side but I I feel like God orchestrates everything. Um, he is the designer of my life my career and I know that he placed us together at Piedmont mm. for that relationship. And the same thing that I told you about my job previous to Piedmont, um, I 
honestly, I think I gave myself three months to be there. Mm -hmm. I was continuously applying for jobs because I knew I wanted to come back to Atlanta. It didn't work out for me in Tampa. I didn't want to be in Orlando. I needed to get back to Atlanta. And like I said, I was there for two years, but not only my experience at the job, but the relationships that I built with the people at the job who are now my friends and we travel together and we start businesses together and things like that. So I, I think it's twofold, like not only my my career experience, but I think at every job like there has been a relationship that has come out of that position that I hold near and dear to me. Yes, and mm -hmm. it, to think it started with that one conversation and relationship you built on a plane on Southwest. God is good. God is good. It. God is good. Yes. Okay. So now on the on the topic of friendship and relationships, mm -hmm. what I love about career pivots mm -hmm. is like how things just kind of spin off, right? So. Mm -hmm. One thing that I've been able to see you do is flourish in this beauty space oh, with all nice. of the different relationships that we have built in the last, what, five, three to five years? Yeah. And so we haven't even talked about like your interest in beauty. Like, how, did that spin off from a relationship or was that already inside of you that someone around you kind of pulled out? Um, I credit my interest in beauty to my cousin, Dana. She is... I don't know, maybe she's like eight, maybe 10 years older than me. And I just remember her always being like interested in like beauty mm -hmm. and beauty products. I remember like being over my aunt and uncle's house and being in her room and seeing all of her perfumes. And I don't know if you remember the caboodles, they're back, like where you store like your like eyeshadows and things. It's okay. like a, a travel case. Like a that you, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 okay, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm there, I'm but there. But the, <laughs> the brand was caboodle. Okay, okay. And I remember her like going through that and like giving us, me and her sister, they're like gloss and stuff like that or like perfumes that she didn't really like and she went on to like work at Sephora and would tell me about like all the things she became an esthetician and was really like caring for her skin and caring for my skin and would do like makeup on me and stuff so I think from that relationship I really gained an interest in beauty and I always something about like being on top, like if it's a subject, something that I'm really interested in, I want to share that information with those that are closest with me. Like I want to be the first to tell them about like a new product that I've tried. Like, oh girl, you, you're suffering with X, Y, and Z. Why don't you try this? I read an article about it. I haven't tried it yet, but you should go ahead and try it. Yeah, that's just how it's started. And I think probably the relationship with like Courtney, maybe she told me like, you're always talking about like beauty mm -hmm. and things that you've tried. I can always count on you like, give me the latest scoop on what's new in the beauty industry. And maybe you should share this with the world. Yes. And I'm working on it. You are. So there are a few things that we know so far. Mm -hmm. We can go, we can find you on YouTube mm -hmm. and we can find you having certain conversations. So how have you started to nourish that side of you? Well, you and I have talked about this ugly little demon called perfection. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I've actually nourished this piece of me. I know that this is something that I want to do and I enjoy. 
um, being a part of like the beauty industry and consuming content from other content creators. But there's something in me that is just like afraid to like step out into that realm and that space on my own. Mm. So I can't say that I've actually really nourished it. I still like I'm into all things beauty. I still spend a lot of money on things that I probably don't need when it comes to beauty. But actually creating content and sharing my tips, my tricks in regards to like beauty, skincare, hair care, um, and my latest fashion finds and things like that, I haven't really nourished that. So the thing about it is, you know me. I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid. I mean, and so there, I could not walk away with that statement leaving and people thinking that's true. I'm sorry, we cannot because it's not true. <laughs> So once, so because of the relationships that I've seen you flourish in, mm -hmm. there are a couple brands, and and maybe we don't have to say the brands that you've come out, but you've been on Face, you've been on um, YouTube, you've created your own page. I have, and you guys can actually check it out because it's beauty hairs and it, baby hairs, baby hairs and beauty. beauty. Yes, and that's actually a really dope platform where you got a chance to start telling people about the products that you actually work on. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if you're interested in checking that out, it's actually pretty good. So on YouTube and Instagram, oh, baby now, hairs. Oh and now. Beauty. Oh, yes. Now she wants to tell us about it. <laughs> Not only have you done that, mm -hmm. you also, um, so I would say that's one way that mm -hmm. I've seen you actually nourish that side of you. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to content creation, I bet my bottom dollar that you have some content in there that we would love to see. So here's I the thing. I do, I do. When it comes to the products that you like to talk about, mm -hmm. I'm curious because I'm not as big in the beauty space that I, that I want to be. Mm -hmm. um, so I try to keep it really simple. I'm like, if you just eat fresh fruits and veggies, then that'll take care of itself. Well, that's a large part of it. It is, it is, it is. <laughs> but there's a product that I, I would love to be, um, I would love to like be, trust the product and then kind of um, use something that makes my skin kind of stay young, especially since I'm in my 30s now and we mm -hmm. have to be proactive and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What type of products do you like to talk about more so? Is it makeup or like facial type stuff? Um, so in regards to makeup, I feel like I'm good at doing my own makeup and that is it. But I do like trying out various makeup products uh, in regards to like foundations. And um, I was telling you about that hack for wing liner, things like that. I love to try those things out. But I think my passion really lies in like skincare. I want to get to a place where like, I don't even need to put on makeup because my skin is so flawless. Mm. I don't even need makeup. Maybe I want to put on a little rouge here and there and put on a lippy, but outside of that, there are no like serious imperfections or things that I want to cover up yeah. on my skin. So I'm working on that with my esthetician. Hey, Kiara girl. Mm, okay, so right now we know that you your passion is the woman, i.e. yourself, mm -hmm. who enjoys to take pride in her skincare so that she, she doesn't necessarily have to wear too much makeup. Mm -hmm. Now, you might be well-versed in certain types of makeups and colors that might make your eyes stand out if you're right. wearing limited makeup. 
But you're the person to go to when you're like, hey, I got this blemish over here. What do I need to put on it? Or, right. oh my gosh, my skin tones are two different colors. What do I need to do? Yes. Okay. Do you mm -hmm. write about this in your content? Like, what is your content that you write about? This is so, this is really turning into like accountability <laughs> conversation, right? Y'all, I am not prepared for this. Do I write about this? No, actually, I don't. But I do have a lot of like, reviews in my phone oh, gallery okay got it okay so there <laughs> so not actually writing about it but i do have um reviews okay stored What's waiting your... for the world to see okay okay what would you say is your like approach to doing reviews because people now that i've actually bought more amazon stuff mm -hmm. i now see that reviews is actually a lane that people get into where oh like, absolutely i remember and that i'm not just like a like beauty product reviewer mm -hmm. i definitely believe like if i go to a place and i have great service if i have bad service um I need to share that with not only like my circle. So, so I'm a big reviewer, like on Google, I am a Yelp elite because mm. I love leaving reviews. I like putting people on, I do. So um, I, I believe in leaving a nugget for someone else who's going to come behind and consider like using a product, getting a service done, visiting a restaurant or whatever. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I think the thing about reviewing is like being your authentic self. Like there's a lot of like beauty influencers and just influencers in general. And we can scroll past a bunch of them and a lot of the videos, they just look fake. And I'm not going to even like go to look at the product if I don't feel like you are being your authentic self. Mm -hmm. So I think in my reviews, I just really try to, to be myself and give you the tea on <laughs> what I have experienced with the products that I buy and use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, I, I'm excited to see any of the res, the reviews that you put out there. Like, I didn't, I didn't mean for this to turn into an accountability video. <laughs> I appreciate it, <laughs> but I will say though, um, there is a motif of communication, mm -hmm. and you do that really well in the corporate space, like mm -hmm. being able to put together stories. And then it also sounds like, um, unbeknownst to me, like using your communication skills to write reviews or even re record reviews and to communicate on Yelp because that's more of a um, a uh, written content format, right? Mm -hmm. To create relationships with businesses and people, and mm. then but so that people I can. I never gather. looked at it like that. You, are, <laughs> if you if you think about it, you have found, or at least you are uncovering, unbeknownst to you. I think mm -hmm. reflection definitely helps, but you have uncovered this thing about yourself where people are drawn to you. You you really thrive on relationships. Mm -hmm. And now relationships has become part of like what your your drive is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I never to, thought about it like that. Yes, and those are just only two things that we really uncovered in this story that I'm sure there's so much more that I think when you uncover, when you put yourself out there, we'll, get, we'll, be, we'll be able to see how they all come together. I think, I just think that, but there's a, I know there's a little bit of a fear in jumping forward, but. A lot of fear, a lot. 
I think it would be like awesome. And I would really be curious to see how those things grow together because now you'll see, well, you know, I come from the hospitality um, industry. So customer experiences from mm -hmm. like their in most intimate, like trip, trip preferences mm -hmm, and how mm -hmm. they like to go to sleep and how they like their pillows to the, like you really intimately know people. Um, <laughs> plus your skill set to build relationships and understand how to do that. Plus your ability to communicate all those things mm. is really cultivating this this new being that we don't even know what it's gonna be. But if you really if you if you just let it be, and um, probably press probably press submit on something or like publish, I think we can get the ball rolling to like start to gel those two, those three. How would you feel about? Do you feel like there is more synergy that could happen in your life, or do you feel like you're okay with having like the fun part of you with like? unpublished beauty reviews and things like that <laughs> and you're really thriving okay, corporate with the shade. <laughs> <laughs> and you're you're like thriving corporate career like you're do you feel like there's any need to mesh them or do you feel like there's any disjointment at all i think that my desire and i think i could be great at the beauty reviews and um, being a content creator in that space um, and I think that will ultimately lead me to like true happiness and what I would desire for the next like and move in my life, which is not to be working for anybody. I think it's there, but the fear is really just holding me back. So in regards to like meshing them both together, I don't see how that could be beneficial. At least I've never thought about it, but I think for my next career move, like I would really like to to do something in the, the beauty space. Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. The thing that um, came up for me that I realized we didn't do much like exploration on is like, what if, now there's only gonna be one Oprah Winfrey in this mm -hmm. world, right? Absolutely. But what if like, <laughs> what if like, there's a part of that journalism career mm -hmm. that's yet to be tapped into that really only requires you to be seen on camera. Mm, I I need to be making moves then. And if I don't push myself, I don't know exactly what it is that I'm waiting for or what will be the actual thing that propels me to like feel comfortable with what I've created to put out there. I don't know what that is, but <laughs> I think I spent a lot of time like actually creating this content and doing reviews for them to just be sitting on my phone. Absolutely. I agree. Like when I you know. when you see Art has always, <laughs> always been a source of encouragement and help in this place and area of my life. So I appreciate it. Stay on me, girl. Stay on me. Look, I appreciate you receiving me in a way that it, it I it, it for me, it's taken a lot of self-reflection to mm -hmm. even be comfortable with telling you that. Oh, really? You know I mean? Yeah. Like I am a pusher, but I was not I'm not your mama, your daddy of the in the alley. <laughs> but <laughs> But I do when someone tells me what they're passionate about, yeah. I a full throttle, just kind of I, let me figure out how do we push you moving forward. Mm -hmm. But I, I almost like the first one of the first real conversations we had, I started to learn about what your passions were. And I'm like, oh, we in there. We are in there. <laughs> yes. But that has not always I have not always felt comfortable because 
I thought I was annoying people oh. or like you would not be my friend anymore if I pushed you too hard. To I be- can see, mm-hmm. I can see that. Um, and not just with me, with like people in general. Mm-hmm. But no, I feel like our responsibility as friends and being a part of the community that we're a part of is like pushing one another and encouraging us in areas where we don't necessarily have the confidence Mm -hmm. um and being that like source of like help too because i mean we have helped each other on different projects um and I, I think that's like our responsibility as as friends and being that accountability partner. So unless I'm just like, girl, leave me alone. No, continue, continue, continue <laughs> checking in on me, checking up on me and um, being that encouragement for me, because one day I promise and one day soon I will I will get there. Ooh, is that like by the time this episode launches, we are going to be able to see or hear or listen to one of uh, Whitney Jordan's unique pieces slash reviews. Is that a possibility? That is. You never Ooh. know. I like how you just open this <laughs> You never know. This is thrown out in the universe. But you know what I always say. Um, the, when we don't move, mm-hmm. God makes a decision for us. And it's not always pretty, but the blessings do come at the end. Mm. So sometimes we have to make that move before before God shifts stuff, you know. But Mm -hmm. also when we're when we don't take it, you know, the alchemist does a good way of describing it. And it's like a little whisper that's in the back of your mind that's really saying this is what you're passionate about. So Mm -hmm. like it's like a passion voice. Let's just Mm -hmm. say that. And as we live our life, we listen to that voice or we don't. Mm. But the more we kind of mute it, we find our we find ourselves never hearing it. Right. Mm. We don't hear it anymore. And so our life turns out to be however it is. And we look back and we say, I don't even remember when I stopped wanting to do that. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've heard that from people like older than us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have talked to you like I don't plan on being on the corporate like hamster wheel for my entire life. So who knows, as you said, that maybe I am supposed to be the next Oprah, but I haven't even taken a step out to put myself out there yeah. just so my videos are seen so I can be discovered or pushed on to that career path well we never know but um i think we should just let the people decide because like you said earlier <laughs> we're gonna get the people what they want, the people what they want. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining no me problem. before we close out mm-hmm. i always 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 like to ask um in in the spirit of giving back mm-hmm. and reaching back to those who are either behind us or even our past self mm-hmm. um who are still people who are just there you know Coming trying to, behind yeah. us right mm-hmm. So when you think about um, at some point in your journey where you like to reach back and give a word, I mean, it could be it could be the girl at the, in the cubicle kind of at the, in that silo and didn't mm-hmm. necessarily have the words. But if you can reach back to one of those points in life and have a word for someone to help them kind of move forward or branch out or take action on something, what would that be? I think. It would be, and this is something that I'm still learning as we've just talked about with baby hairs and beauty, is don't be afraid to to jump. 
as I've said, been, I believe that my career has been led by God. And I believe that God has equipped you with everything in you that you need to be successful wherever he places you, because that is the only way you are where, where you are in life is, um, due to, to God and his guidance. Um, so don't be afraid to jump into show up as your authentic self in any situation because you and your voice are needed Yeah, in that place and space. So be great. Be great. Yes. And with that, I think we're going to end out there. But before we do, Whitney, how can they find you? Um, I can be found on Instagram and on YouTube. There are some videos out there. So if you are interested in any kind of skincare, beauty um, reviews and routines, um, reach me, look for me on Instagram at baby hairs and beauty and on YouTube as well, where I give the latest beauty tea and reviews. I love it. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, we will see you guys later. Peace out. Thanks, guys. <laughs>